The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Welcome in to the Market Linda Podcast. Skeeter, how are we doing? Great. A lot of show today. We have comments with Skeeter. A bunch Some, of those. Something's wrong with the chat, though. I can't get it up. On this, that's embarrassing. <laughs> On this day in history, what year is it? No. I'll talk further about this. We have today an in-studio, in-studio visit from Tyler Hilton. And I think you're all going to really enjoy this. I'm going to finish these up because if you're going to watch a horror film between now and Halloween, which is Thursday, it's Thursday. Uh, then you're going to want to start watching them. I will finish up <laughs> the 40 of them. The 50 best horror films of the 2000s. What are the most popular Halloween costumes for singles? Oh, Jesus. For 2019 and for couples. Because a lot of couples like to go as as a group. Yeah. So I'll share those with you. We have a new number one. Oh, oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. So there's excitement in the air. Cracking me up. <laughs> Jesus. Ooh, the RG in action. If only. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 So we, um, there's this uh, particular road we take when we drive over to. Uh, Burkdale. It's a place where we shop. And we drive through this little neighborhood. 
and all the houses are close, and every house has decorated for Halloween. It's so cute. It, it, it is, and it's the perfect place for trick-or-treaters because the next house is literally 30 feet away. Yeah. Uh, but they do. They they do as neighborhoods will. If you get a lot of traffic, you decorate because mm-hmm. you want the kids to be excited. So Halloween is upon us. Halloween, this is Halloween, 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 Halloween. In this town we call So we have quite a bit to talk about because we were in uh, in L.A. We went to uh, L.A. for Amy's 30th birthday. Yeah, went we had, great. We had a nice party, an outside party where Bradley works. It was very lovely. And it was a full moon. I mean, you couldn't have asked for better weather. It was a super night. It was a simple thing. You know, Amy is the way she is. She wants it the way she wants it. And so we, that's what we did. We did everything. Linda spent the entire day. Couldn't have been more excited. Yeah. Putting together flowers and pumpkins and, you know, kind of a Halloween thing. Yeah. yeah. Just balloons. Arts and crafts is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And and I stayed clear of it. And I, I love it. I was the guy who was carrying stuff. Yeah. That was my job. And to show up, you know. It was a good time. It was. Amy said it was her. Her number one birthday, her favorite birthday. I'm thinking, mm, okay, but your fifth birthday with Barbie was most excellent, but okay. She doesn't remember it. Yes, she does. She remembers everything about it. Also, um, while we were there, I had all of my uh, doctor's appointments, and uh, happy to report I am A-OK. Yeah, you got great news. Yep. On that one. Yeah, everything is good. Um. So, So there was that. And, and it was, as we said, a great night. Fun to be had by all. We were out by 10. Yeah. I mean, we left. We did our part. Right. And left. Yeah. And then, of course, those people did whatever people Well, I mean, you, you know, you don't want old people staying around the 30-year-old party. So we just let the Amy and her friends have a good time. So you witnessed something while, because we went to the Grove. Uh, we were, no, we didn't go to the Grove this time. We went to Century City, mm-hmm. which, by the way, if y'all haven't been there since they have redone it, it is freaking beautiful. Mm. But anyway, we went there because Mark was going to the movie. Joker. The I'll Joker. talk about that in a minute. Or not. Is it The Joker? Or no, it's Joker. Joker. Okay. Um, and I was going to shop, which I bought nothing, damn it, while he was watching them during the movie. Um, but anyway, I went into the Lululemon. And I noticed that there was a gentleman standing in the front of the store with a Lululemon bag. But he was... I don't know. It, when I walked in, I thought, man, he, he this looks a little bit out of place. What's going on here? And then I thought, well, maybe he's security because some stores have security people standing because, you know, it was a Sunday afternoon and it was very busy. So I go on, I'm, I'm, I'm shopping around and I go and I'm back up to the front of the store and he's still standing there. He said, now he's looking a little nervous and he's sweating. I'm like, what is going on? So I just stood there watching him and he knew that i was watching him because we made eye contact Mm. so i then see him look over to the cash register squat down by the shelf where he was standing grab something and put it in his lululemon bag now he knows 
that I'm watching him. And I'm standing there thinking, mm, I heard Mark's voice. Stay out of it. Yep. Stay out of it. And at that point, I realized, well, I don't know what else he's got in that bag. He could have a gun. He could have anything in there. Right. So he runs by me. He runs around to the uh, front window to he wasn't, walk by. He wasn't running. No, he was walking fast, though. Okay. He did not break his eye contact with me the entire time. It was the creepiest thing ever. He was looking to see if you were telling. So I heard Mark's voice. Don't get into it. Leave it alone. So I stood there and I'm, I'm like, do I do something now? But there was nothing I could do. He was gone. And so I just, I left the store. Uh, Linda did exactly as I have told her oh, and I, the girls. I feel like after, after no. it all, I should have gone up to the people and said, I just saw somebody take some of your merchandise. Okay. But then they would have been like, okay, what do you look like? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm not sure. I had a glass of wine at lunch. I've told Linda and <clears throat> my girls in a situation like that, Stay out of it. Uh, you don't know who this guy is. You don't know what his motivations are. You don't know what he has in his bag or in his back pocket. Now, if I had been there and I saw what I saw, I would have started yelling, this guy put something in his bag because I'm there and I can deal with whatever he's got. It's the same thing I tell the girls. If you're driving along a road and there's somebody pulled over on the side having car trouble and they're trying to wave somebody down, do not stop. You can call help for them, but call the sheriff. Don't, yeah. Call the cops, yeah. but don't stop. We did that several times on Placerita when people would have car trouble. We mm -hmm. weren't, we weren't going to stop, but we called them some help. You did exactly as I have requested that you do. Okay. You did the right thing. Well, I feel like I should have gone to tell them afterwards. Maybe. And, and and that's fine, and that's up to you. But you don't work there. It's not your place. The guy saw you. Look at him. It was creepy, and then I was afraid I was going to run into him again somewhere. It's just best you stay out of it. It, it. it really is. So then, I'm sweaty, and I'm like, oh, God, no, I'm going to get out of here. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Bloomingdale's. So I go to Bloomingdale's, and I am trying on the sweater thing, and I have on my Panther shirt because that was the day that the Panthers played that morning at 6.30 in California when they played in London, which that was weird to wake up to a football game at 6.30 in the morning. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I had on my Panther shirt, and I'm trying, trying on the sweater, and this young lady walks by, and she goes, oh, are you a Panthers fan? And, and I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, they, they won this morning. And she goes, oh, I know. M my boyfriend is Mario Addison. Now, that won't mean anything to most of y'all. But to like Ronald Scott, he knows exactly who I'm talking about. He is a player on the Panther team. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, I, I'm like, you are? And I said, well, what do you do? What do you do in here? She says, well, I am going to law school. And then she starts to tell me that, um, and then I went, well, I live in Charlotte now. It's like I lost my mind. Mm -hmm. I live in Charlotte now. Like she knew that I used to live in LA. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then she goes, well, I'm from Charlotte. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> so, 
So then she says, yeah, that game this morning was great. And I said, yeah. And then she goes, I'll be at the San Francisco game, of course. And I went, and she's had to go back to work. And then, she, and then I said, my husband is going to be so excited that I met you. And I never got her name or anything. But that was pretty exciting. Yeah, and that's where Linda fucked up my life because this woman is not thinking. <laughs> She's not, li- listen. I had just witnessed a robbery. Look, if you had exchanged emails <laughs> or, or, te- or phone and text and you text back and forth and hey, oh, hey, I'm going to be in Charlotte. Why don't you, co- we're going to have a drink. <laughs> so then we go and Mario Addison is there with her. Mm-hmm. So we bond with Mario. We're hanging out. So then a couple of weeks later, and this is how it would have happened. Uh, then she reaches out. I'm back in town. We're at Mario's, Mario's apartment and there's several uh, players coming over. So we go over and, and have thing and I would meet Cam. And have thing. And, and Cam <laughs> and I would have a cigar and we would try. You, you, you fucked it up. You had a shot. An opportunity. You are so delusional. You have no, no. I'm seeing the big picture that you did not see. You were not thinking of me because you didn't get her fucking phone number. You have this golden opportunity. How many times have I said it? I want to meet Cam and I want to have a cigar with him. <laughs> and by the way, before this becomes a thing, because everybody's already reaching out to me and asking me, hey, does Cam play as soon as he's healthy? No, my opinion. Uh, let's say he's 100%. Let's say the foot is great. Let's say the shoulder is great. We're four and O. Oh Not with, after this weekend, probably. Calm down. We're four and O oh with the backup. Cam regardless of how healthy he may or may not be, he's going to come into the game rusty. You got to knock that rust off and get back into game form. Well, I mean, so put him in and let him play a couple of plays. I totally disagree with you. Okay. Because Cam is our quarterback. Agreed. I'm not shunning that. And this other guy is doing a really good job. There's no bigger fan of Cam Newton than me. And I'm not saying he's not our quarterback. I'm saying this is not the game to put him in. Oh no, not this game. Well, he's not ready for the 49ers. And as long and as long as <laughs> I don't think any of our team is ready for the 49ers. As long as we're winning, we stay with Tyler. Uh, that's our backup because we're winning. Uh, the time will come for Cam. Right now is not it. He practiced a little bit, not much. So that's my take on it. Stay. What do they say? You dance with the one that brung you. And that's Tyler uh, Allen at okay. this point. All right, if you say so. Well, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us about Joker. Uh, Joker, I'll do it quickly because most of you have heard. It's the best picture I've seen this year. Um, the race for best actor on the Academy Award is over. And his name is Joaquin Phoenix. It was the a tour de force performance. Um, this movie is so good that they could have completely taken out the name Joker, Batman, Gotham City. They could have gotten rid of all of that. Well, isn't it about Joker? Right. And you would have still had a brilliant movie just based on the psychosis that goes into this kind of a thing. It is fantastic. So I could easily see it again. You're going to see method acting, you're going to see one of our great actors giving you the performance of his life. I'll give you an example. Uh, there is a, uh, I saw this on Entertainment Tonight. Linda and I both did. Uh, there are some stairs in New York that they filmed quite a bit on in Joker. And now those stairs have become, they're packed with, with fans that are coming from around the world 
to see the stairs. Yeah. That's how big the film is. Yeah. So it is great. Todd Phillips, he directed The Hangover. So a guy known for comedy, he wrote and directed this masterpiece. Mm. So Joker, I don't care what you've heard, don't miss, so great, enjoy, great acting that Joaquin Phoenix brings us. It's just too unbelievable. So the kids came, we're in LA, the kids came to the hotel, we're gonna have dinner. Usually we'll walk to the Italian restaurant, we've told you, this time we didn't because we already had. So we're gonna eat at the hotel. We're what we're gonna sit outside. We're walking through the bar to get to there, and there's this actor. I've seen him. Mm. Oh, yeah. And but so Matthew and Bradley are completely freaked out because this guy is an actor from the Avenger movies. And those of you that have seen Avengers Endgame, you know this actor is the new Oh and, and don't be giving anything away. Nope, nope, nope. All right, well, he's big. And he's sitting in there, looks like he's having a semi-power meeting with a manager or an agent or whoever it is. And of course, I'm sitting there at the dinner table. Matthew and Bradley are chatting nonstop about who's sitting in there. And I said, why don't you let me go in there and tell him that you've got, no. No. What is wrong with you people? Well, it was, it's the actor that uh, uh, played Arrow. No, no, Falcon. Falcon. Mm-hmm. Oh, ladies, he is handsome as hell and fine. Mm. All right, so my question to you is that we, same hotel, same lobby, we had breakfast next to David Schwimmer, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't, he was with his kids, so I got that. But do you not regret me not getting nope. a photograph? No. You don't? No, because I'm afraid that he w- might not have been nice to us, and that would have just wrecked the whole thing for me. Because he's one of my favorite characters on Friends. Okay. Because he reminds me a lot of Matthew. And while you were shopping, you ran into a buddy? I did. I don't remember. Took a picture with him. Oh, no! (laughs) That! No! Oh, my God. No. I was having lunch um, with the kids because Mark was doing uh, Cody and and, uh, Jennifer's podcast, radio show. Podcast. Podcast. Radio show, both. Yeah. Um, so I was having lunch with the kids at the Americana and still didn't buy anything there either. Uh, but anyway, Eleni and I were up and we were making our um, tacos because they had a taco bar and somebody grabbed my arm and he went, Linda, and I turned around and there stood Sal. Sal Serencioni. I started screaming. Everybody thought there was something wrong with me. And I'm like, Sal, what are you doing here? And he was there to do his uh, interview with Elton John. <laughs> I'm like, well, damn. Of all people to run into. I'm just here to see my kids, but you're here for Elton John. Well, she took a picture. Sal looked good. Oh, he looked good. Yeah. No, it was just funny because, I, I, you know, we had just seen him in New York a couple of months ago. Mm. And we, I didn't know he was going to be there. And he just happened to be walking by while I was making my taco. So, so good to see him caught up. Yep. Sal's good. Sal's yeah. funny. You know, we, we obviously know each other quite well. And whenever we go to lunch or dinner with Sal, whether it's here in New York, Sal is an open book. Yeah. I mean, out it comes. He's doing good. He's doing great. Yeah. So it was good to see him, even though I wasn't there. I saw a picture. Yeah. 
Uh, so we we're, we've got a lot to get done. Uh, today's going to be long. I do want to recommend the, the basically it's two shows. We're going to give you what we got, and then we're going to roll uh, the interview I did yesterday with Tyler Hilton. Uh, Tyler is a guy that I met uh, when he was fifteen. I'm he, sorry, you and Brian discovered him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, we're we're listed in his Wikipedia page as the people who found him. It's not really true. But but he did. He called the show. His dad called and said, I want you to hear my son. And great. And they put him on 15. He puts the phone down. He plays the guitar and he sings. And it was clear that this kid had great talent. And so we did what we did with him. He did a Christmas show. We did some stuff. And then he became Tyler Hilton. And obviously we lost touch. And uh, I had mentioned to Amy, hey, this was several months back. Can you get in social media and find Tyler Hilton for me? I'd like to say hey to him. And she said, Daddy's too big. I, I can't. <laughs> okay. So so I dropped it. And then, and I was asking Linda about this last night. For some, this is about a week. This is weird. A week later, Tyler Hilton reaches out to me. I don't remember why or what it was, but then he gave me his email. Mm-hmm. So now I've got a way to cut. So we've been chatting back and forth. And then he rolls through Charlotte doing his tour yep. for his new record, City on Fire. And so uh, he, he uh, texted me as soon as he got in town. He said, I'm here if you've got some time. So I said, well, you probably can't do it. But what would be best is if you could come out this way and that we could jump in the studio and, you know, have an interview. And he goes, that'd be fun. I'll be there. What time? So he came up, we had lunch. And he brought um, his guitar player, Mike? Well, his mandolin player, Mike, uh, came. Two very nice young men. Oh, they were, they were great. It, it, it was a nice afternoon. It was, and it, it, those of you, the, even if you don't know Tyler or who he is, two things. One, you're gonna be impressed with his musical ability. Yep. Because uh, every time I could hear him, y'all down here playing, I would mute the TV so I can listen to it because it was just gorgeous. And I have to say, my studio, this, this, by the way, is a historical moment. This is the first time that music has been played live in this studio. And Mike was on uh, mic three, and Tyler was where you are, and he was playing the mandolin, and I had to mic it, and it just sounded great. Let me give you an example. Uh, Tyler went on to One Tree Hill, became a big star doing that. And while he was there, he covered John Waits' Missing You, and it became a bit of a hit for him. So if you've never heard Tyler, this is him. I always catch my breath And I'm still standing here And you're miles away and I wonder why you left And there's a storm that's raging Through my frozen heart tonight I hear your name in certain circles And it always makes me smile I spend my time just thinking about you it's almost driving me wild But it's my heart that's breaking Down this long distance line tonight And I ain't missing you at all Since you've been called away I ain't missing you No matter 
So you're going to hear a couple of guys. Well, I met him when he was 15. Now he's a grown man and he's turned into a fine adult. He is a real, genuine, good person. You're going to hear music talent that's off the charts. But the stories that we told, him, me, so good, so entertaining. I hope you'll stay and enjoy all of it because it is that good. I was around the corner in one of his stories and it was just fascinating it's just, uh, it's just fascinating and the thing uh, another thing that you and tyler have in common is that he loves elvis too yes i i mean <laughs> after the show y'all are talking and he goes yes elvis is my jesus and that just cracked me up because I'm like, you're preaching to the choir there, honey. Well, this may place it for some of you. Tyler played Elvis in the Joaquin Phoenix movie Walk the Line, where Joaquin played Johnny Cash. There's a very good story about that. Yeah, that's the one I heard. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a really great hour. So I hope you all stick around and, and stay for it. All right, so if you're ready. And you had a great afternoon because you got to be the RG and you were in here interviewing and running your board. I, Linda asked me at, at the end of it, I was sitting down a little bit tired. Uh, and she said, how was your afternoon? And the, the answer is clear, it was great. Because uh, once I knew that Tyler was coming, I launched into interview mode and I started gathering together all of my clips and started making my notes. And I had a chance to do a real interview that I don't have that much opportunity to do. In fact, I don't have any. And I just couldn't have been more buzzed. Yeah. And I thought it went great. I'm proud of it and proud of Tyler. And, and you know, we caught up and said, hey, and did all that stuff. So uh, I think it's something that you will enjoy. I think you'll enjoy this. Look, Bullwinkle, a message in a bottle. Fan mail from some flounder? No, this is what I really call a message. And now with comments it's skeeter before i start the comments there is one thing that i want to bring up the mm -hmm. pumpkin contest ah and now bradley has joined the pumpkin carving contest so it's between mark alenny and bradley and the rules are it has to be a carving there has to be light in the pumpkin you can't paint it and so uh, that's basically it. Bradley has already carved his. I think as of this morning, Eleni has carved hers. Mm. And you haven't even started. I've been busy. But anyway, um, on Monday, we are going to post the three pictures of the pumpkins. You will not know who did what. And then you will vote for it right under the, that picture on our website. MNLstudios.com. Yes. Monday. Yes. All right. So Lenny's that, doing... That's if Mark gets his done. Well, Monday's the deadline. I'll get it done. It'll okay. be done. I don't know what it's going to be, but it'll be done. Also, Mark hasn't done any painting because he's waiting on paint supplies. I'll get to it because I have... <laughs> I did my Halloween. I've now got to start working on my Thanksgiving portrait. <laughs> All right. Portrait. Steve K says, so the RG won't wear sweatshirts slash pullovers because I don't like pulling it over my head. I didn't know that the Panthers make jerseys in button-up style. <laughs> <laughs> and are your t-shirts made with a Velcro fly front? <laughs> he doesn't get the point. No, it's, it's when you have to take something off and put it back on. Yeah, look, uh, I don't even need to explain it. It doesn't matter. I just don't like having a, a jacket that I have to pull over my head, eat balls. Oh, well, I, you know, I don't like it because it messes up your hair. Right. right, right you there. don't like because you're just lazy. I'm very concerned about my hair at all times. Yeah. 
Uh, Jeanette says, Hi, Linda and Mark. Just wanted to say the wine and design paint classes are a lot of fun and not very hard. The canvas has stencil markings helping your artwork come out looking like the picture. And some even have his and her two canvases making one painting. Ooh. It's Well, I, yeah, I've heard it's more like paint by number. Mine would still look like a five-year-old. Couldn't. That's not yes, true. No. That's not true. We went to Color Me Mine on Amy's birthday. And we all painted something, and mine looks like a five-year-old made it. <laughs> but did you have a good time? I had a great time. Okay. Uh, I also recommend the show Mind Hunter on Netflix for Mark. Oh. It's about the FBI and how they started profiling serial killers. Ooh. And thank you guys for uh, thank you guys love listening and watching the stories on Instagram. Peter says, Mark and Linda. Oh, Peter. Thank you for sharing your experiences. We had to put down our sweet girl last night. Mm. Your stories helped us know that we were doing the right thing for her. Mm. Peter, I just want to say I'm so sorry because I know that your family is so sad and it is so heartbreaking. And it's just, you're just going to have to take time and and get deal with it because I'm still dealing with it every freaking day. Sorry, dude. Hang in there. Yeah, that's tough stuff. Chris says, hello, Mark and Linda. On the recent topic of duct tape, my wife has used it to extend the life of one of her bras. Good Lord. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, that can't be comfortable, right? I think it's a joke. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. I I bought it. I was thinking, okay, well, shit. Patrice says, hi, guys. Not a scary movie person, but decided to go for it this month. Watched it. Creepy as ever, but oh, didn't yeah. scare me that much. What is wrong with you, girl? Wait, the first one she saw? Uh, well, it says watched it. Okay, well, if it's chapter two, I understand, but the first one was pretty great. I was happy about that and thought it was so well done. Then I rewatched original Halloween, so much scarier to me. The music alone at the beginning creeped me out. The original Halloween is the... Look, I'm going to read the list and, and, and whatever... Uh, that's of the 2000s. But if you just want one movie that'll do it for you for Halloween, just watch the original 1978 Halloween. It is a perfect film. Renee with a Y says, I am not... No, wait, let me start again. I am so not a John Mellencamp fan. So in my opinion, Brenda and Eddie, Scenes from Italian Restaurant by Billy Joel, and Lola and Tony, Copacabana by Barry Manilow, are also just as popular, if not more, than his crappy Jack and Diane. Hmm. All right, well, so now. So I ask you to get these two songs, and let's just hear them. Which one do you want to hear? Let's hear uh, Brenda and Eddie, or Brenda, as he says in the song, Brenda and Eddie. Brenda and Eddie were the popular steadies and the king and the queen of the farm. Riding around with the car top down and the radio on. Nobody looked any finer Always more of a hit at the Parkway Diner We never knew we could want more than that out of life Sure, Bender and Eddie would always know how to survive Brender Yeah uh, Okay, now let's hear some Copacabana Her name was Lola Yeah She was a showgirl With yellow feathers in her hair And a dress cut down her ass She would merengue Till four, they were young and 
you know, to me, it's clear, it's obviously Brenda. In, I mean, um, uh, right there, Br- Lola and what's his name, Tony. Because N- not to me. To me, it's still Jack and Diane. Little ditty about Jack and Diane. Two American kids growing up in the heartland. No, those are just two kids that went and banged in the in the woods. Uh, in the woods. Uh, Lola and and uh, Tony. They were in love. Tony gets shot. She loses her mind, still goes back to the Copa, which is a disco now, drinks herself to oblivion because she misses Tony. That is a made-for-TV movie. Oh, yeah, but what about Brenda and Eddie? They're stuck in this Italian restaurant. Who gives a fuck them? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's clearly... It's not. Because if you were to ask my kids about or me about Brenda and Eddie, I would be like, I don't even know what song that is from. <laughs> Now, Lola, Tony and Lola, I would know. But to me, Jack and Diane are still the most popular. I'm not going to have this argument. It's a ridiculous argument. It's clear. Lola and Tony. Jack and Diane. Fine. Uh, okay, Bo, this is, this is kind of long, but you're going to like this because you get to voice your opinion. You ready? Mm-hmm. I have a question for you about being with someone who might sound a little rude to a waiter every time they go out. Mm. So my sister-in-law is dating someone that does not like vegetables in his salad, which... What's the point? A salad is a vegetable. Well, yes, that's ridiculous to begin with. Anyway, he tells the waiter, if you bring my salad back with any vegetables, I'm not going to leave a tip for you. Apparently, he does this every time he goes out. This horrified my wife and instantly made her think about how rude he is. Mm. But her sister, who's dating the guy, didn't think it was rude at all. She just said, it's because he's not fake which doesn't make sense to me. I remember you having an opinion about your partner or date being rude to a waiter. What are your thoughts on this again? My wife and I would love to hear what you have to say to her sister and her boyfriend. Uh, my take is that this guy um, is, um, he's, that is just a tip of the iceberg as to what he actually is. These waiters and waitresses, do you think they want that? job they do it because they need the money and then to put up with your shit uh, when you say that um, this guy is uh, has put himself on a pedestal uh, he is going to be rude in so many other ways and this is you look at any list things that should end a relationship that's always listed get out but she won't your sister loves it and she's gonna get what yeah, she it was, it, that to me that, that's just just rude who orders a salad without vegetables. And then just just order lettuce. I'll have a bowl of lettuce. He enjoys being a dick about it. Ah. He enjoys the dickness. Yeah. All right. Phil from Santa Clemente mm. is a 51-year-old grandfather and thought it would be fun to share some fun facts mm. and a little bit of you hate to hear it. Jesus. You ready? Yeah. In rare cases, a uterus can grow hair and teeth However, this is not typically harmful to the woman. Well, now, doesn't that mean there was a fetus yes. in there? Yes. Oh, boy. Yes, boy. Now, you know what? There's not many things that would keep me out of your vagina. <laughs> but you put some hair and teeth in there, and I'm out. I am not going in there. Hey, you might get a little extra extra there. No. <laughs> no I, I don't want it. Good God. Serial killer Albert Fish would write letters to the parents of his victims wow. telling them how good they tasted. Oh, God. 
That's, oh, Jesus. If a man dies face down, he will get an erection. (laughs) I doubt that. The Hills Have Eyes is based on a real clan of people in Scotland who would ambush travelers and eat them. I've heard that. I've not seen the movie, but I've heard it's pretty good. Mm. I'd like to see that. Not me. If you were to pack all of the bacteria in your body into a ball, it would weigh about three pounds. Wow. Yeah, but I hear, like, people say that you shouldn't be too freaked out about germs because it's actually good for you to get the germs in your body because then you can fight stuff off. It's people that are so clean that then when they get one little germ, they've got full-blown flu because you got nothing in there to fight it. So there's some good things about bacteria and germs. Oh, yeah, you need them. You just don't need a lot of them. Yeah. Like when we fly. Mm -hmm. If you sit quietly in an enclosed mausoleum, you can hear caskets burp from releasing the gases of decompensation. I don't doubt that. You've got a body in there changing. Wait, I, did I pronounce that right? Decompen, decompo, decomposition. Decomposing? De, okay, here it is right here. Let me see. De, decompose. Calm down. Decomposition. Okay, I read it right. Decomposition. You don't usually see that. Decomposing. Decom. Decomposition. (laughs) Decom. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Decomposition. The largest human feces ever recorded, 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 measured 26 feet. Wow. That's a lot of shit. That's a whole bunch of shit. The call of the void is the feeling people get when they consider leaping when standing on the edge of a precipice or imagine steering into oncoming traffic. That's weird. This is very Halloween-ish. Yeah, it is. This list. We sure do wish somebody would have put on some Halloween music while I was doing uh, it. Well, I got, you know. I got two more. And I'm probably not going to pronounce this name right. Jan Siska a Czech general ordered that upon his death, his skin be made into war drums so he could lead his men forward even after his passing. Okay, dude. And then the last one. Deer will lay on decaying corpses because they produce heat and the deer like that. I can see that. A lot of strange shit in nature. Yeah. Oh, no, I got one more. Oh, no, that's, that, that's it for the scary stuff, though. Yeah, I mean, you would have gotten scary music if you'd asked for it. I didn't know the facts were scary. (laughs) Stay out of my shit. And then Ray says, I really enjoy your podcast. It seems effortless, but I know it's not. Thanks for interjecting some chuckles and insights into my life. You're welcome, Ray. Send me some money. That's very nice. And then our last comment. Not kidding about the money. Comes from Sydney. Don't send money. As the oldest daughter of the infamous Italy parishes remember and we wear their sweatshirts that they sent us Mm -hmm. all right yes boy they bought everything they bought everything and then they sent us some sweatshirts that we are wearing out yeah um we are we are truly we all truly feel you're an extension of our family we're not as family we wanted to share the exciting news that my husband and i are expecting our first child 
on Cinco de Mayo on wow. 2020. Wow. This will be the first grandbaby for Shane and Lisa, and they wanted to say, suck it. <laughs> Look at them. Just rubbing it the fuck in. Because, if I remember correctly, I think Sydney got married a few months before Amy did. So they're just rubbing the shit in. You know, like people do. Yeah. But I just want to say congratulations to you. That's exciting news. I got my baby fix this week. We went out uh, to lunch with your friend Josh. and his wife and their three-month-old uh, baby. A, and he just was so cute and I was holding him and he spit up on me and it was everything you could ask for. Josh and Megan are like, if you were to uh, paint a picture of the perfect scenario, um, you would paint this. Uh, Josh is a fireman and he owns the cigar shop. Megan is a Southern Belle, uh, now has a baby. All of her best friends have babies. They look like Barbie and Ken. They have both of their parents in town, so grandma and grandpa, two full sets. And their grandparents. They have two of the greatest dogs in the world. It's just, if you if you painted it, you couldn't paint it better yeah. than those two. Yeah, no, it was a very pleasant afternoon. It, well, you got a baby fix. Yep. History. 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 That happened, and we all let it happen. This coming Sunday marks the 50th anniversary of Elton John's music, Your Song. Mm. Uh, he says it was uh, a song that was the first time he had heard works of Bernie Taupin. It was the first lyric I got from Bernie for the Elton John album that I just more or less played all the way through. I knew when I finished writing that song that we'd written a great song. It was the perfect marriage of words and music. It's a little bit funny This feeling inside I'm not one of those who can Easily hide I don't have much money But boy if I did I'd buy a big house where we both could live. It was on this day back in 1999. Actor Matthew McConaughey is arrested in Austin, Texas after charged or charged and uh, actor Matthew McConaughey is arrested in Austin, Texas. Okay, there's the word. And charged with possession of marijuana possession of drug paraphernalia and resisting transport. Police responding to a noise complaint found the actor completely naked, playing his bongos outside of his home. I defend the entire thing. He's on his property. He's stoned. <sighs> Come on. And well, he's playing his bongos. I mean, bongo. it was Matthew McConaughey, so they're going to they're gonna take it, him. The whole thing bothers me. It just really does. I support Matthew. Fuck all the rest of them. Uh, it was on this day back in 1984, Metallica releases the song Back to Black, and they're accused of selling out. That's not it. Here it is. Bade to Black was the first time we got some guff from fans. Ooh, you sold out. You did a ballad. Wow, okay. What does sell out mean to you, my friend? You know? 
And you have to sit and explain to everyone that sellout means you've done something you don't want to do or you've compromised for someone else and uh, everything we write is for us. I guess this shows what a Metallica fan I'm not really. I've never heard this song. Me either. All right, enough of that. It was on this day back in 1955. The very first microwave oven was introduced. Wow. Yep. You're as old as the microwave oven. The fear at the beginning was that you couldn't stand near it. Because the ray, the waves will fry your brain or whatever the case was. I know, and I still don't stand near it, even though I know that's hogwash. It was on this day back in 1974, the Rolling Stones released It's Only Rock and Roll, But I Like It. Uh, it's Only Rock and Roll is the title track of the final Stones album with guitarist Mick Taylor as a member of the band. And while he appears in the video for the song, he didn't play on it. Ronnie Wood played acoustic. Keith Richards handled the electric wood is also said to have co-written it, though he never got credit for it. Mick Taylor gives his impression of the song. I think Mick Jagger actually sat down and consciously said to himself, I'm going to write a commercial rock and roll song, because I can actually remember him alluding to a couple of other bands that had hit singles out at the time with that kind of feel. Mick's a bit like that. He thinks that way. He's very conscious of what he feels has to be done. I think he really wanted to write a classic sort of rock and roll song. I always felt that that was a bit of a parody of a rock and roll song. Well, dude, you can think what you want. That was a pretty big hit. <laughs> it was on this day, 1975. Those of you in Los Angeles, some of you may have gone. Elton John becomes the first rock act to play the Los Angeles' Dodger Stadium. It was on this day back in 1977, Steve Miller releases the single Jungle Love. Apparently, Steve had recorded the Book of Dreams album and it was almost done mixing it when he heard about the Jungle Love song from his bassist. 
I was working on the very last tune when Lonnie Turner walked in and said, oh, by the way, I've got this song, and he played it for me, and it was a tune he had worked on with Greg Douglas. And I said, well, why don't you get Greg and come on over and let's record it this afternoon then, because this is really a great song. So he came over, Gary was there, Gary Malibur, a drummer, and we cut the track just like that, and I sang it, and I think the song was done in 45 minutes. We mixed it and finished the album, and out it went. So let's do... Oh, I like that song. Let's do What Year Is It? And we're running late. We're not running late yet. Well, it's just going to be a long show. That's all there is to it. Okay. I'll do three. Okay. Let me find them. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> ready as I'll ever be. Okay. That's Journey. Yes. Okay. Movie said year. Deborah Winger is Emma Greenway Horton. Shirley MacLaine is Aurora Greenway, her mother. Why should I be happy about being a grandmother? Terms of Endearment. <laughs> I love that movie. I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, and rip from the headlines. What if free people could live secure in the knowledge that their security oh. did not rest upon the threat of instant U.S. retaliation to deter a Soviet attack, that we could intercept and destroy strategic ballistics? Read that card. Okay, so with that, you know, okay, ooh. Nineteen eighty four. It was nineteen eighty three. Song said year. Movie said year. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Aliens. This time, it's war. Headlines. It took a full 18 days before the Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev made any public pronouncement on the nuclear disaster at Chernobyl. He told his fellow countrymen that the worst is now behind them. What year is it? Okay, I'm thinking 1985. It is 1980. Six. God damn it! I'm missing these by one fucking year! So fucking close. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm pissed, I'm pissed. I mean, how many, how many NBA basketball games have I watched where the shot that the guy made was so close? Mm. But you don't get any points. Nope. For close. Nope. But you're owing two. Yep. You got one more. I wish you the best. Thank you. Song. Said year. 
movie. Meet Orville the Albatross, Bernard and Bianca the secret agents, Penny the desperate, Evan Rude the outboard dragonfly, the rescuers. Damn. And headlines. The water-starved West Coast is getting some relief from the drought. For most of parched California, the clouds brought rain. But the storm last night turned into a freak tornado in the Orange County. I know this from the song. Really? Yeah. So you're saying? Yeah. 1977. It is. 1970. Seven. Yeah! Hey, as long as I always get one, I'm fine. <laughs> Not such a dumbass. Uh, you're pretty much a dumbass. <laughs> There's no way around that. All right. Let's finish this up. It's going to blow through these. These are... The top 50 films. I've already done... You did the top, uh, the last 10. I did a lot of them. So you should be starting with number 49. 38. 38. <laughs> Let's go back to the dumb mess. All right, so so here we go. These are the top 50 horror films of the 2000s. So I'm just going to blow through these. If I come across one, I have an opinion. I'll throw it. 38, Ju-on the, Ju-on, the Grudge. Mm. 37, We Are Still Here. Ah. Uh, 36, The Conjuring. 36? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, you know, they got to make room for the stupid exorcist. And all. Well, I, oh, I, no, wait. This is the, for 2000s. the 2000s. Two, I, I, okay. I, I completely disagree. The Conjuring should be much higher. Uh, number 35, Sinister. I saw it. I liked it. You know, I did. Ethan Hawke, good stuff. Uh, 34, House of the Devil. 33, Split. James McAvoy. Oh, I yeah. just saw it. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I don't really recommend it for Halloween, but okay. Um, 32, Ready or Not. 31, Inside. 30, The Invitation. What is that? He's going to read up on it right quick. Mm. Well, tell us all. I don't know what it says. It, it doesn't say anything. Uh, 29, Good Night, Mommy. Oh, you know that's scary. 28, I've heard. I've not seen it. I could rent it. It's on my thing. Happy Death Day. I've heard good things. Uh, number 27, Don't Breathe. I watched part of it. Okay. It was For me, it was whatever. I stopped watching it. Not that it was bad. It wasn't. Maybe I wasn't in the mood. It just wasn't. I didn't care. So I stopped. Uh, 26, You're Next. 25, Train to Busan. 24, Us. Could not. I respected it. It was well made. It didn't scare me at all. In fact, there were parts I had to fight laughing. Mm. That's just me. I am in the minority. Everybody else loved it. I am the only one. Uh, 23, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Hey, that sounds good. Well, you know what happens to her. 22, it's a go-to, Insidious. Those are always good. Insidious, anything, are usually pretty good. 21, Starry Eyes. The deal with the devil nature of Hollywood gets the scary movie treatment. I don't even think of me. Number 20, Mandy. 
19, The Conjuring 2. Wait, you listed The Conjuring 2? This is a bullshit list. 18, Raw. What is this? Vegetarian? No. 17, Susperia. Oh, there it goes. 16, A Dark Song. I've never heard of any of these. 15, What We Do in the Shadows. No. 14, It. I highly look, it's a clown. It's Halloween. Hey, Georgie. It's really, really good. 13, Shaun of the Dead, one of the few horror films that's funny. I highly recommend it. Saw it the one time. Really enjoyed it. Uh, 12, The Cabin in the Woods. It's not scary to me. I'm jaded, uh, but really, really well done. I recommend it. I don't think you'll hate it. Ah, number 11, truly good film. Uh, A completely different take on the vampire thing. Let the right one in. Really good. Unique. Never seen anything like that before. 10, I hear good things. Guillermo del Toro, The Devil's Backbone. I tried to rent it. It's not in my theater. I couldn't get it. I will see it. 9, never saw it. Need to. Black Swan. Got to check it out. Uh, Number 8, It Follows. I don't know. Ah, 7, The Babadook. Highly, highly, highly recommend it for Halloween. Can't, can't go wrong. Number six, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Hereditary. Both of those. You know what? You want to freak out? Do them both in one night. Oh, shit. Start with, start with Hereditary and then go right into the Babadook. And then try to go to sleep. You'll lose your fucking mind. Uh, five, the classic go-to anytime, anywhere, get out. Jordan Peele at his very best. Number four, I've not seen it. I saw part of it. I've heard it. I've heard it described as unnerving. The Witch, 2016. Make sure you get the right one. Uh, three, I told you I watched part of it. It's a Chinese film, The Wailing. Liked what I saw. Number two, can't go wrong. 28 days later, zombie, but zombie on steroids. Mm. Look, it's Halloween, so if you really need zombie, don't be afraid to go back to the original, to the king, Night of the Living Dead. Still great to this day. Perfect for Halloween. And then number one. Beetlejuice. No. (laughs) I've never heard of it. Kill List. Number one. Oh, that don't sound good. Well, I mean, they put it number fucking one. Jesus Christ. All right. So go and enjoy. All right, here we go. The uh, the costumes for Halloween. Let's see. I'll, I'll try to go down. Uh, I, I, I apparently don't have. Oh, here it is. Number 10. These are the single for the kids. Okay. Costumes for Halloween. Not just kids. For anybody. The okay. single. Uh, number 10, unicorn. Mm-hmm. Number nine, the 1980s. Anything okay. Anything from the 1980s. Um, where am I? Oh, number eight, Chucky. Okay. Still. Yeah. Never seen any of them. The idea of a possessed doll doesn't scare me. Seven, anything from Fortnite. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Number six, Clown. Oh, I thought that would have been higher. 
clown. Big year for clowns. Mm-hmm. Any kind of clown. Number five, a TV show I don't know, Descendants. Oh, yes. Okay. That's a Disney show. Okay. Anything Descendants. Number four, Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Three, Spider-Man. Of course. Number two, the go-to, Witch. Because mm-hmm. see, Witch, you know, the kids can do it. And then as an adult, Sexy Witch. Mm-hmm. Hard to beat. Number one. Go ahead. Iron Man. Thor. Captain America. Andy. Do you know that it's goddamn Halloween? But those are all from Avengers. What about the Avengers is Halloween? All the costumes. Linda. Number one. A pumpkin. What have I said to you every time we see a Halloween store? Clowns are going to be popular. So what is number one? You just said clowns were number five. What is number one? The clown from It? Pennywise. Pen- well, that goes under clowns. It d- That's a stupid Le- list. Whoa. Should, Linda. Should have been Iron Linda. Man. There are clowns. And there's Pennywise. Okay. It. By the way, they didn't say it. They didn't list it. Dumb. Stupid. It. See that. The first one. Don't fuck up. I thought that was in that list. I guess it was. I don't know. You read, you read it so much. It was way too late. You read so much. All right, here we go. <laughs> well, I'll, I mean, and these were titles of things that I don't know of or watch, so I, I'm not going to lie. I, I might have zoned out for a second. All right, here we go. Couples. Number 10, Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Number 8, Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, wow. Number eight, old school, Sonny and Cher. All of these are old school. Number seven, Chucky and Tiffany. Don't know who that is. Number eight or six, Mario and Luigi. Yeah, know who that is. Number five, wow, Cheech and Chong. Mm-hmm. Four, Adam and Eve. Oh, wow. Third, Cosmo and Wanda. Two, Bonnie and Clyde. Ooh. Number one for couples... Lilo and Stitch. Seriously? That's what they said. Wow. Wait, something freaked out. Hang on. All right, hang on. Oh, God. I don't know why this is... I've spit on something. (laughs) Well, this is fun. Speaking of clowns. Wait, I think this thing is actually freaking out. It's freaking out. All right, I must have spit over here. I can't. Oh, there it is. Found it. <laughs> I'm so happy this didn't happen yesterday when you were in the studio with Tyler and Mike. That would have been bad. Yeah, they would have been like, what kind of fucking shit have we gotten ourselves into? So it is our last show before Halloween. Today is National Frankenstein Friday. What does that mean? That we're to honor Frankenstein. (laughs) Okay, you do it. I I just looked the shit up. I don't know what it means. (laughs) It's National Greasy Foods Day. It is World Pasta Day. Oh, I could eat me some pasta. Linda! Yes. What is the scariest movie? Now think about this. Before you answer, what is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Predator. (laughs) 
Predator's the one where he was like invisible, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Predator. Jaws. Jaws. You say I watched Halloween too. I thought it was Halloween, but whatever the fuck that was, I watched that scared the shit out of me. I loved a couple of things there. First, there was no hesitation. Predator came out. Predator's a great film. Yeah, it's scary as fuck. It's really not. It scared the shit out of me. It's great. I loved it. It's I, I respect, and I just love the fact that it scared you. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, for me, it's The Exorcist. It took me weeks to get over when I first saw it. You were a child. Well, I was, I was actually 18, 19. Yes, but if you watch it today, does it still hold up? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, it never scared you to begin with, which is, it just shows how <laughs> badly wired you are. The most horrifying thing you've seen is Predator. Well, I mean, you hear so much about the Exorcist, Exorcist, and then you, then I watched it, and I'm like, but I, you know, I watched it in uh, the afternoon. It was daylight, and it never bothered me after that. So, that wasn't the scary one for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, if you think you can handle scary, think again. A haunted house dubbed the scariest in the world requires visitors to sign a 40-page waiver, pass a physical examination and a background check, provide proof of medical insurance, and be at least 21 years of age. Now, don't you think that's just a reason to get people to come? I, I, I feel like that's just for publicity. Having said that, Oh, shit, somebody died. I'll read the next line. No one has made it through the entire attraction. Russ McCammy, who owns the haunted McCammy Manor in Summertown, Tennessee, requires only a bag of dog food for his five puppies as price of admission. The prize for finishing the entire haunted house, $20,000. No, thank you. No one has ever collected it. No, thank you. I saw something on the news where they had a um, haunted Halloween car wash. Mm. A haunted car wash. <laughs> that looked fun, but yet yeah, that could make you have bad dreams. You saw it with me, remember? There was clowns touching the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. a great idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. Now, we're not talking about where they're, you know, sitting out in the parking lot. We're talking about the drive-through car, car wash, and the clowns are inside there. It was great. And the zombies. And I would they have had different things. I would have so done that. Not me. Because, <laughs> um, you, you know, you can't, like, run out or run away because you're stuck in the car at its slow-moving pace. We saw a hysterical commercial. It was my first time to see it. Linda may have seen it. Uh, but they had a dog car wash. You pull your car in and dogs wash it. And there was a lot of funny, but then at the end, the car pulls away because it's finished, and it was only half clean because oh. the dogs can't reach up that far. Hysterical. That was Subaru, and also there was a dog driving the car. So funny, yeah. so fucking funny. Yeah. Okay, I'll just keep the scary music because this is kind of scary. I didn't know this. Maybe you did. Will and Grace returned last night on NBC. In this final season, expect to see less of Megan Mullally. A backstage source said the cast forced this to be the last season because of tensions that are building. Megan got into a bitter dispute with the star of the show, Deborah Messing, and took a leave of absence while they taped the 18 episodes. The actresses unfollowed each other on Instagram. Huh. There's your hard proof that there's real hatred. Eric McCormick. <laughs> 
tried to quash rumors by joking about it. Quote, I think people worried about that entirely too much. The four of us get along like a house on fire. NBC couldn't afford to lose Deborah, who plays Grace, so Megan skipped out rather than tolerate a hostile work environment. Sounds like money to me. Yeah, sounds like, yeah. Which, this commercial, Megan, that you're doing with your husband, it was funny the first time I saw it for Sling TV. Let's get over it. <laughs> well, that's not her fault. It's, it's, it's them showing it over and over. And I'm not blaming her. You yeah. guys did a great job, and it was really funny once. Or maybe twice. A year now. Yeah. We have gotten the joke. <laughs> get another joke. Tell you what. Keep showing that Allstate commercial where her she shed catches on fire. I love that. How many commercials? 30 seconds. How many commercials do you see that brings up controversy? <laughs> Did he set it on fire? Or was it lightning? Of course he set it on Nobody fire. Nobody set your she shed on fire, Cheryl. Can you imagine how many times they had to do that with all of those words? I just, I thought it was great. I just loved what Yeah, I don't did. get tired of that one either. All right, this one will send Linda off. She'll talk about this during lunch. Actor Dennis Quaid is now engaged. Oh, I saw this, Mark. Dennis Quaid is 65. Yes. He's engaged to a 26-year-old. Yes, he is. You know, uh, met Dennis. Nice guy. I don't have anything negative to say. He uh, arrived to be interviewed on the Mark and Brian program, and uh, he was late coming in. He was in the green room, but he wouldn't come in because his friend wasn't there. Hmm. And he was two segments tardy, or maybe one, but he was tardy. Finally, his friend showed up, and all his friend did was sit next to him. He didn't say anything. And I think Dennis, as good an actor as he is, I think for whatever reason, he was nervous or he needed support. Wow. And his buddy was there, so he, so he waited. Do you remember it being a good interview? I, it was fine. It's Dennis. Yeah. You know, so, all right, let me see if there's anything else I've got to absolutely get to. I don't think so. So I say now, let us get into some birthday chicken. Okay, before we start this, you guys, I have, ha I have 33 birthdays. So I'm not going to say the date or how old you are. I'm just going to say your names in this. But... Oh. But I was, I before, was listening to you. Yeah, before I, I start, though, I just wanted to I want to want to read this because these are the kind of birthday requests that I get. You ready? Uh -huh. John says, I'd like to wish my wonderful wife, Jennifer Price, a very happy birthday. On October 25th, we'll celebrate the 30th anniversary of her 27th birthday. God damn it, don't make me do math. No, that's a joke. I know. So how old is she? 27. She's not 27. Just go with that. We'll celebrate the 30th anniversary mm -hmm. of her 27th birthday. Mm -hmm. So do I add 30 to 27 and would... it comes up with 57? See, why does this, why do you care? Well, because I don't want to have to do the math. No, at that point, you just read the joke. He doesn't want her birth or her age known, I guess she doesn't either. Oh. So you just read the joke. Oh, but, now see, I'm putting way too much thought in it to but, it. But yeah, you are. It's 57. Okay. Well, I'm not saying anybody's age anyway. Okay. 
So <laughs> you're going to play the chicken song. Yeah. And I'm just going to read the names. And happy birthday to everybody. Debbie Kachia, John Ryan from Mooresville. That's our neck of the woods, Mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrew, also known as Bubba. Linda T, who always spell, who also spells her name with a Y. Ed Morris, Chrissy Kamna, Hodge, Robert Cohen, Dale from Thousand Oaks, Misty Dawn, love that name, it's like a porn name, Blaine, Heidi, Sharon Walters, Tammy T, Bad Apple, Jim DeWitt, Lon, Darren Myers, Kelly Johnson, Jesus. Vanessa Morin, Lil Taco Kim, starting today, <laughs> <laughs> starting today, Steve-O, Ormondo, Jennifer Price, John O'Shea, Trent Clinton, twin brothers Chris and Jay, Matthew Cameron, Patrice, Denise, NC Stephanie, Rachel Thornburg, and Nurse Jackie. Happy birthday. Well, uh, so listen, everybody have a uh, a great Halloween. We're going to share the Tyler Hilton interview from yesterday. And again, oh, I yeah. really think you're... And this is the weekend where everybody's going to be having their parties and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Enjoy. We're going to be... I'm going to be watching Mark carve his. <sighs> you're, the, you're the one that even started this. All right. I'll, I'll just say this. I can explain later why... It doesn't matter. These are excuses. No excuses. I've already got a concept. I I need to find the right tools. <laughs> but I'm in this competition. And it begins Monday. You'll see it on MNL Studios. Uh the three pumpkins that are to be judged. You the name uh, who carved the pumpkin will not be on it. You pick your favorite. So maybe we'll just label them one, two, and three. And then Fine. that what and please. Comment under the pictures. Don't make me go looking for the votes. This Just, is between you and Eleni. Yeah, no. I mean, all you have to do is click on it, and you can leave a comment of who you thought is the best. All right. Here we go, uh, everybody. And, and we're not... Uh, the, the, this is uh, after the Tyler Hilton thing. It's just going to end. <laughs> it's just going to stop. Bye, y'all, and have a great weekend. So, you you really know that you've made it when you find yourself driving around strange cities in a really small RV. (laughs) This is the way that you define your life. Success has come in droves. (laughs) When I don't know, what is the name brand of this RV you're in? It's a Thor. A Thor. You either know you're homeless or you've made it when you're traveling around and living in an RV. (laughs) Well, joining us is um, an old acquaintance and we had a wonderful lunch and had a chance to catch up Tyler Hilton. Good morning, Tyler. Mark, thanks for having me, man. Great to see you. Dude, it's beyond great seeing you. We had a fantastic bro chance. Yeah, we did. And Mike, throw me your last name, Mike. Gossin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Mike, what exactly do you do? Are you in the band? Well, Tyler and I go way back. I'm. Uh, we actually met in Wilmington, North Carolina, like years and years ago. But I, I played in a country group called Gloriana for about a decade. Yeah, and they had a big number one hit on country radio, and they had my wife and I come star in the music video, too. So it's just been full circle. <laughs> We're like bros. And yeah. now he's taking a break doing a solo record, and I was like, bro, come out and play guitar with me. So he's been out with me for a couple of weeks. It's All been right. a blast. All right, so dude, speaking of video, and you were in it, so this is fun um so you did the cover of john waits missing you yes okay 
so John is a buddy, and he decided to re-record Missing You with Allison Krause. Yeah, that's right. So he calls me, and he goes, I'm shooting the video, and we need a, an audio engineer in the video, so would you do it? <laughs> and I said, sure. And he goes, by the way, we're not paying anything. I said, great. So I'm in the Missing You video with John and Allison wow. as, as the engineer. And to be honest with you, and I'm not kidding, I was the best part of the entire <laughs> fucking thing. If I can be real honest with you. And real right, honest. Mike? I, was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw it. It was great. Yeah. All right. That's All right. So let's go back. Mark and Brian were, uh, I don't want to say at our heyday, but we were we were doing very, very well. And one of the things that we we did a lot of was take phone calls. And sometimes uh, an uppity parent would call us and would would say, oh, my kid's really talented, check out what they can do, and they'd put them on the phone, and usually it was just dreadful to listen to. <laughs> Entertaining in the dread, uh, but but just, just horrendous. And so one day, Tyler's dad calls up, same thing, hey, you know, my son can sing, you ought to check it out. So we, we obviously did. He was 16 at the time. I think it was 15. And it wasn't, it wasn't hard to tell that this kid was was talented at, at 15 he played he just put the phone down and uh, and played the guitar and sang and very little has changed from that day until now cuz he still plays guitar brilliantly and he still sings brilliantly oh, and nice. one thing led to another and Tyler Hilton is Tyler Hilton <laughs> Um, now, the reason I was late for lunch is because I was racking my brain to try to figure out was Tyler ever on the Mark and Brian Christmas show? Oh my God. Now, was if, I ever? Now, if it weren't for the Mark and Brian oh. archive sites, I wouldn't do I spent an hour <laughs> doing math trying to figure out how old. What year would it have been when you were 17? Wow. And so I have it. You appear. One of the scariest moments of my life, you guys. Oh, my God. It's what formed you. <laughs> now, it was at the Will Turn. Yeah. And you did the Mark and Brian Christmas show. Before I play it. Dude, you don't even know this story. Oh, my God, this is dude. Great. This is crazy. <laughs> so do you have a story to share about that morning before you went on stage? Yeah. You want me to tell? Please, the, please. Um, I mean, well, so, uh, you know, I'm. these guys have been listening to him since I was young, you know. I'm living in Palm Springs. They had me come on, sing some songs. The fans seem to respond. They keep having me in. Then they're like, dude, you want to come play the Christmas show? I'm thinking, well, this is the biggest thing I've ever heard of. I'm a sophomore in high school. I can't believe it. Yeah. So <laughs> leading up to that, you want me to tell them about the song? I played, I played this original song on the air once. Right. And I was like, I wrote this song about a girl who um, I saw at the airport in Seattle. She was, worked at Southwest Airlines. She was cute, and I didn't get her name. And I wrote the song called Not Getting Your Name. So I played them the song. And they were like, is that, is that true? And I was like, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, we're going to try to find her and try to get her you to play the song for her. And I was like, okay, well, you can't. She's a stranger. I don't know her. <laughs> so they did all their work in their Mark and Brian magic, found this girl. Check wow. us out. Yeah. Wow. Found her. Yeah. And then they, they, well, they left a message on her phone. They're like, hey, we got this kid. Call us back. And this girl's obviously not going to call back. It doesn't, what a stupid message to even get. So as I'm leaving the studio, they're like, 
she's on the line. No. <laughs> this girl that I've never talked to, like she checked my bags. You know, wow. she's so old, she's probably like 24, you know, like a hot 20. And I'm you're 16, you're covered in zits, you know? And I'm like, what? Like, I barely know how to ask a girl to prom, and this is a adult woman, you know, who just called in the show. So I play this song on air for her, I'm dying. After that, they asked me to come play the Christmas show. My first show I ever play full band, get my uncles to back me up, playing in front of 2,000 people, whatever the Wiltern holds. Wow. Huge, I'm like crapping my pants. I'm like, can't even believe it. And then I, I start the song. How far you want me to go with this? You want me to tell them what happens? Well, I don't even, because. Well, then you guys stop the song after I start it. Oh, we did? Okay, so they stop the song. I start this. I'm already shaking like a leaf. Oh, this is getting good. They stop me. They come out on stage. They say, wait, 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 Tyler, you seem really nervous. And I'm dying. I'm like, oh my God, I, I suck. That's why they're stopping. <laughs> I'm like, I am really nervous. They're like, well, we're going to add one more thing to the whole situation. We hope this doesn't make you too nervous. They flew this girl down. No. Yes. They flew this yes. girl down. Yeah. They bring her on stage, yeah, sit did. her on a stool. Yeah, I love it. I haven't it. seen this girl since she checked my bags. I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. <laughs> I love it. And they asked me to start the song again, wow. singing it to this adult woman. Uh, and wow. I'm 16 years old and I'm dying. And so then I, her name is Amy. I, we never kept in touch, but we hung out for the weekend. She must have been like, what am I doing? And she, that, that's, that's what they hooked up, dude. That is wait, great, guys. Isn't that wild? Wait, that's wait, great. Wait. It's crazy. You hung out for the weekend? What does hung out mean? Well, somehow you guys worked it out with my parents, something that she was going to come stay at my family's house for the weekend. Oh, my she, God. And she's 26. I'm 16. There's just, <laughs> I do actually remember, which is so, it was so awkward. I can't even, and this poor girl, I can't even. I remember, dude, this is so awful. I had my permit. I can't believe I just remembered this. And one night my parents said, I could take her out to dinner and I could actually drive with her because she was old enough to be the chaperone yes. to my permitted driving. So I'm driving her to dinner. I can't even drive alone without her in the car. And it's, I can't even remember dinner. It was so awkward, dude. Oh Think God. about it. We have no connection except this radio show. Yeah, yeah. And she's just like this. I can't. Looking back, I like if a 16 year old. I don't even. I don't even know. Right. 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 Anyway, that's now, one of the things amazing. these guys did. I, now, I, I've, I don't know what I've queued up. I went to the Mark and Brian archive. I queued this up. Oh I haven't even heard God. it. I found it right before I came to lunch <laughs> to meet you. So here we go. Oh, Tyler no. Hilton on the Mark and Brian Christmas oh, no. show. Uh, so he set the phone down and he sang the song that he wrote and it was gorgeous. It surprised us both. We had him back a couple of times. He's been on the program several times and now Christmas show. He's got a CD out. His new CD is, uh, uh, what's, it's called Tyler Hilton. It's, it's self-titled. He's going to be performing at the Polo Grill in Indio December wow. 17th. Jesus, the kid's 17. Yeah. Long Beach, yeah. December. 17-year-old high school student, the My sweetest God. kid we've ever met, and we, we, we wish the best for him, so we invited him on the program today. Please welcome so cool, Tyler Hilton. Again, I've never felt this way before 
a very this is Sorry, a very special Tyler. song, Tyler. It is. It sounded good. We didn't get a chance to talk about this. Didn't mean to interrupt your tune. All right, first of all, oh my God, first of all, Tyler, yes. you need to you need to breathe. I know. Keep breathing. That's good. Now, uh, you told the story on there. You wrote this song about a special girl you yeah. met for like thirty seconds or something. Very special girl. Met her at an airport in uh, Spokane, Washington. Uh, didn't get her name, but on the way home from the airport, I wrote her this song and. Uh, Mark and Brian here, because, you know, they just love to embarrass me like this. They call her up in Spokane, Washington, you know, don't even know her name, off a description, and I play it for her. And, uh, wow, I was a little nervous. Didn't even know her name. Uh, you, you met her for like 30 seconds, and she had this impression on you. Now, we wanted to say we're very sorry. Uh, we know that uh, your, your parents uh, tried to fly her out here for this show. But she did... She did hear it on the uh, on the air over the phone, so that's oh, it's just you, such a great story. Yeah. Wanted people, and sorry she couldn't make it today. Hey, no problem, guys. But the, you guys, you guys let me meet you guys helped me meet her, so I got her name. Well, she's guys. probably listed out there somewhere. Spokane, Washington. Yeah, Spokane, Washington. Do you name still is, not know her name? Amy, yeah, this is for you, Amy, if you're listening right now. <laughs> wow. So you you needed to know the backup of the story Jesus. for the song that he's about to sing. That's why we interrupted it. Oh, yeah, there's, there's one other thing. Right. Amy's here. No way! Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. Right. Hey, Ted. We need the stool. Yeah. Okay, so now, now, you 17-year-old singer-songwriter, <laughs> oh, sure. Is this pressure or what? Oh, man. I. What do you say? What do you do? You, you two have me. never met. No. I, nice. Oh, my God. Leave <laughs> <laughs> this. God. You go to kiss her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, my God. So now that you know the story, and now that you met the girl for the first time ever, why don't you sing it? To her. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Tyler Hilton. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Miss. I'm sorry I didn't catch the rest. Well, you know what? I, I had completely wow. forgotten that. But that's pretty good setup. I mean, as as radio bits go, that was pretty good. But as always, we took for fucking ever to do it. Good yeah. Lord. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, get on with it. I know. I was thinking that too. I was like, Tyler, shut up. Just let him talk. What are you doing? <laughs> All right. So. Holy crap. We're going to get into a lot. The new record is Ooh. City on Fire. And uh, I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about a lot. Uh, but I did want to go back. According to the internet. I spent the entire morning on the internet looking stuff up. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, uh, because it mentions that you had called in on Mark and Brian and you did whatever, and the first thing you sang was Breaking Me. Yeah. Do you remember it? Uh, I might be able to figure it out. All right, so let's go back. 1999, 15-year-old yeah. kid. He calls up Mark and Brian. And with technicals being what they are, he sets the phone down. I remember it. And does this. You want me to try to do it? I do. Okay. Here we go here. Oh, shit. All right. 
Oh wait, sorry. Are we? <laughs> oh, is this a podcast or is this live? No, it's a podcast. <laughs> okay, go. Cool. Are we cool? <laughs> All right. Every day. See you. Okay, go. It's a, I put you on the spot, but this is Jump. what makes it great. Whoa. Whoa, I haven't played it. Every day I see your face, I wish that I'd stayed. Don't even know what made you run away. It's just the way I play a game. Emotional is not a word I'd use to explain myself. But now you got me down upon my knees. Oh, baby, please just take me back. I don't want to be in love, but you're making me. Let me up, I've had enough. Girl, you're breaking me. Whoa, I can't believe I remember. Oh, wow. Wow, that's why y'all remember. That's wild. But I mean, I mean, okay. So look at look at us. It's we've got this fifteen-year-old kid, and, and he's doing that. Uh, it was clear that the the talent was there, and of course, it's it's gone on and 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 done very very well for you. Man, thanks to you guys. Um, no, thanks to you. Um, so let's hit this now because I did want to bring up City of Fire, the new record with Tyler, and. It seemed to me, just based on the, the music of yours I had heard, and I listened and bought City of Fire, the, the, the single. It seemed to me like a departure for you because the Tyler Hilton I kind of got to know and enjoy was your voice and the guitar. Yeah. And, and, and you know, other instruments, but that was primarily the bass bone, the backbone of the thing. The song City of Fire seemed to me like a departure. Was it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was for sure. I mean, before doing this record, I was doing, getting into, I thought I wanted to do some scoring for movies and do some music for TV. And I was just, you know, I'd been touring on acoustic guitar forever and I just kind of wanted to open up. I was getting better at different instruments and production. And so when I did that song, I've just, you know, I'd always loved old country music. I loved old murder ballads and stuff. And I just kind of wanted to write something that was really cinematic. Um, originally, I'd kind of written it to be the theme song for the show Yellowstone. That's how um, Kevin Costner stars in. Oh, and, sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'd, you know, known the creator and, you know, I'd written a couple songs to potentially be the um, theme song for that. But anyway, so I was kind of going for this cinematic thing and it kind of just, I was so, I loved how it went and I just kind of wanted to make the rest of the record sound that way. But yeah, it's kind of kind of cool. This now, is the first record where I really like produced it myself with a couple friends and I really did whatever I wanted. I'm always kind of sitting on the couch in the back of the studio being like, hey, can we maybe try a mandolin here? And this time I'd be like, let's just do the mandolin right now. You know, I just do whatever right. I wanted. You know, it was cool. Which is a beautiful thing. And so before I sample some of City on Fire, is that what you and Mike were going to do or something else? Oh, we could do that too. Uh, we were going to do a different song from the record, but yeah, go Okay, for great. It. Could, yeah. I just wanted to share this. This is the title track from the new record, City on Fire, Tyler Hilton. Well, she lies one who used to stand up to the darkness, born in man and blindly follow faith into the light. Let the fire burn and 
lullaby straight to the heart, straight through the night And tell a teaching man to get it right Well, she had promised all to me A woman still yet to be With eyes as white as Colorado plains But souls like hers are far and rare Don't deserve the world we share And finally left it peaceful as she can So uh, the record's available every place. Music is available, iTunes and and whatever. And you know, uh, when I was a kid, I was raised in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And of course, uh, there were the many recording studios there uh, that everybody recorded in. And as a kid, I thought every town had recording studios because growing up listening to the radio, Otis Redding would be in town or Elton John or Rod Stewart, and they would be on the radio and then they would play the new track they just finished. And of course I didn't realize, but the producers wanted to hear the mix on the radio. But I grew up hearing all of this great music that didn't become a hit, but I got to hear it because I lived there. And this this was back in the day when the music industry needed radio to break a record. And that's not the case anymore. And here you are with a new record, City on Fire, and you're trying to let it be known. How yeah. different is it and how do you make a record and have it succeed today? Well, social media is a big part of it. Um, and it's great because when I first came out, I had a song on the top 40 pop charts and I was doing, um, you know, assigned to a major label. Everything was just a lot more homogenized, I guess. It was just kind of... I don't know, everything just kind of sounded the same and you had to kind of go for a sound because you had to fit it under the radio. You mm. couldn't experiment as much. And I just felt, I didn't know this when I was younger, but I just wanted so much more musically and with every record I keep kind of pushing and pushing. I probably would have preferred if I'd stayed in one lane, done a pop thing, continued down that pop thing, but I've just got this musical ADD and I had to like try other things. And honestly, I can't think of a better time to be alive as a musician than right now because you can try all mm. these different things. And I've got you know, a bunch of Instagram followers, Facebook followers. I'm able to tour and put out all these different types of music and tour the world, Europe, Australia, wherever, all just because of uh, social media fall. And that wasn't that way when we first hung. And that's why being on your show was so huge. You guys were broadcast nationwide. You took me to Portland with you. All these cities, this is the first time I had fans, (laughs) you know? You got, I was just like going around the world and I got fans all over the country because of your guys's, you know, and that was right before the social media era happened. So I kind of got to take all that with me. but yeah, so that's that's how I kind of do it now. Is and then TV too. I mean, I'm in like I'll be in a Christmas movie. I'm starring in on Lifetime. It comes out on Thanksgiving, and I put a couple songs in that. You know, so all my movies and TV projects, they always put my music. Wait, in where it. is that? Lifetime coming out on Thanksgiving. Linda, my wife. I'll, oh my God, she. Dude, th- actually, my wife and I are starring in it together. Uh, okay, this is yeah. because my wife is addicted to Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh yeah. She's gonna freak the fuck out when she hears this. <laughs> Linda, get down here. Yeah, gonna, <laughs> lose, gonna lose her mind. All right, so 
real quick. So, and, and then we're going to have you and Mike do some. But uh, so let's go back to the beginning where you were 15 year old Tyler Hilton teenager, pimples, whatever, Lots the Mark and Brian thing, and then stuff. And all of a sudden, you're not that kid. You are Tyler Hilton. Was that a little bit of an adjustment? Was it weird? Uh, or did you navigate it pretty well? Here's the funny thing, is when I first got started, before I was on the air with you guys, I was doing blues music in Palm Springs. That was my thing. And that's why I'd gotten into Johnny Lang and called you guys about doing the Johnny Lang song. And so this guy started managing me, who managed uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan through his whole career, um, uh, discovered him till he died, and uh, managed uh, Jackson Brown early on too. And this guy was dying. He was on his way out, this manager, and he found me and he was like, I'm gonna manage you, I think, he really dug my stuff and so we I was kind of doing this blues kind of more adult contemporary stuff you guys came along you guys had this uh, fan base of you know classic rock folks that really like good music so my fan base between this manager and your guys' show was people way older than me at 15 mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. liked good music and that mm-hmm. was my everywhere I went it was people my parents age um, coming to my show and then I get signed to Warner Brothers and they want me to do this like pop thing and then I end up on this TV show and on Montreal and all my fans started getting younger and younger and younger. That was the weirdest transition. They've stayed young now but it was weird because the first five years of my career or whatever with you guys, it was just all these old people that love like folk music and blues music and yeah. then all these young people were like, what is this you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and the record company kept being like, no, you can't do that. Nope. You can't sing that. You got to sing something a little popular. So the wow. fan base got younger, but that was the weirdest transition. So, but I was almost like started off as an old dude and I got younger as I went, you know, funny. Yeah. Usually people do it backwards, I know. but, but I know. okay. All right. So let's do it. The new record, uh, the latest record is city on fire. Uh, what's the name of this track? Yeah, this is the. This is a song called uh, When the Night Moves. I, I did this with my uh, One Tree Hill co-star, Kate Vogel. This is the, we just released this as a last single off the record. Right. Mike, are you ready for this? Don't, oh, fuck, yeah. it, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up, Mike. All right. Enough to ease my worried mind And your touch I think about so much I'm losing track of time I've been waiting Breathless I'll be restless Till I'm yours again Am I crazy? Even letting myself let this happen When the night moves us closer together We move to the heat of the moment we fall into We can make it last forever if we try Just us and the whole world fades away Line me up Like a wildfire burning through my veins It's burning through my veins Yeah When the night moves Us closer 
And that is from the new record, uh, City on Fire. And I I want all of you, I realize that most of you are really old and near death, <laughs> but I want you to buy this record. And it's not just uh, whether you like the music or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that Tyler has fallen on Tara a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> he and Mike have been living in a treehouse in my backyard for the better part of a year. See the number on the bottom of your screen. <laughs> and uh, if you would, just... Uh... <laughs> no, you know, uh, the, the bottom line of it is is that uh, people like Tyler, I mean, look, uh, these guys, they're on the road, they're driving around in an RV. I've got closets bigger than this RV. <laughs> and they're they're on the road, they're schlepping, they're doing shows like Tyler's got to blow out of here in 45 minutes. He has a meet and greet at four. He does a soundtrack. He has a show. Then they climb in the rv and head to the next town so it's not easy and it it is a a passion of love and so a lot went into this record for tyler um and so support it you know support the thing uh these days it's not as we discussed a second ago it's not like you get a record on the radio the kids like it it's a hit and you're a star it's a different kind of deal and Tyler's like anybody else. He's got bills to pay, and so buy the fucking record, City <laughs> on Fire. I don't care whether you like it or not. Buy the record, City on Fire. And by the way, I saw the, the video, and this is no statement on you, Mike. No, it's all good. I saw the video of you and the young lady doing that song that you just did. Oh, with, yeah, you know, yeah. Fantastic. Who is she? 
Kate Vogel. She's a great singer-songwriter, and she was on One Tree Hill as well. Um, and we toured together a lot last year, and we wrote that song together. And, so good, that, yeah, that video. I love Thank you. I, I, well, I love the simplicity of that particular, because it was you guys. It looked like in somebody's living room. Yeah, it was my living room. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just, I really dug it. Oh, I, cool. And then the video for another, oh, it was City on Fire. Yeah, my uh, wife directed that, actually. Well, I thought really great because of, of uh, friends of family, I have inadvertently been introduced to the world of dance. I was the same way. I didn't. So watching that eclectic dance that was going on, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, she's interesting. My wife, she started directing uh, music videos and has just been directing these huge videos for Billie Eilish and Gucci Mane and all these huge people. And it's just a whole little second career for her. And I thought she was so cool. I didn't want to ask her to do my video because she kind of works with these big people. And she heard that City on Fire song and she said, look, I'd love to do a video for it if you're in. And I mm. said, if you do this, you do whatever you want. I won't open my mouth. You do exactly what you want. She was like, great. My idea for it is you're barely in it and it's a lot of dancers. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so anyway, but I loved what she did with that. I thought it was killer. Uh, those of you that are not married or in most cases <laughs> divorced and looking for the next one, uh, if you are not into the world of the married, what Tyler just said is completely true. Uh, when you are married, whatever your wife says to you, just do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, why get into what you feel about it? Just, <laughs> just, just do it because it's true what they say. Uh, when the, when the, uh, what is it they say? When the queen is good, the world is good. Give it to me. Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I've I seen that on a pillow yeah. somewhere. That makes yeah. sense. When the queen is good, happy, the kingdom is happy. Oh, something, something like that. that. Yeah. Just do as you're told. When you're told it. Yeah. And then forget the rest. They usually know best. Now. With with the Johnny Cash film, Joaquin Phoenix. By the way, please have you seen Joker yet? No, I got to. Oh, dude, I'm looking oh, for a day off. To well, just it. let me tell you, um, the Academy Award race for Best Actor is over. Good, all right, that's done. Beyond that, you could take out Joker, Batman, Gotham City. You would still have a brilliant movie. Wow, it's the performance of the year now. Were you around Joaquin a good deal when you played Elvis in that film? A okay. lot. Okay. We was there for like a month or two filming, and he is a method actor, which means he wants... Um, actually, you hooked me up in my first acting class, too. That's wild. I just remembered this. Um, but So you probably know this, but method acting is when people become the character off screen and on. So even when they call cut, you're still in the character. Reese is a different kind of actress. She's out of the character. As soon as they <laughs> so two different styles, but Joaquin stayed in it and he really wanted to keep all the boys, the musicians together all the time. So we would go out all the time together. And he's um, you know, genius actor. Talk about an amazing acting experience and education for me to watch those two do what they did in Walk the Line. But Joaquin is incredible. But did you ever get a chance to get to know him? I don't know. Probably you know, not. Probably I, not. I wonder. You know, I, I think it was whoever he was during that movie. Um, so, you know, and whoever he was during that time, you know, too. So I, and then we didn't keep in touch too much, but it was, it was a lot. He was going through a lot and it was a lot to be around, but I guess that was the Johnny Cash vibe. Well, I mean, after I saw, because for me, Gladiator is one of the greatest films of all. It's one of my top. Yeah favorite films and he was brilliant in it you know what's funny is that is the movie johnny cash picked joaquin to play him before he died oh and wow it was because of gladiator wow. he's like i want that guy to play me wow. in a movie about me and wow so isn't that crazy i didn't know that because yep, of gladiator i thought i knew everything michael cool. that's really cool <laughs> wow yeah. 
Um, yeah, and so the, when you see what he does in in Joker, it's I mean, as I said, and not to put too much uh, uh, credit on the Academy Awards, but but as as an award, the committee of the Academy they love it when an actor changes themselves yeah. to play a part. And Joaquin did that. You got to get this done. You know him. Yeah. You got to go see a performance that he will never top. Wow. I have to see it. And see, here's the problem. And I don't want to get too into this, but I was, as I'm watching the film, as it's coming to a close, and I realize what a brilliant piece of film I've just seen, I don't know what they're going to do because now they've introduced Joker and one's going to think that they're going to now continue and give you Batman and, and Riddler and all that. You can't. You can't match what you just did. Wow. No, the bar is so high. Wow. They can't even come near it. And what little I know about him, I'm sure when they came in with that movie, he was probably thinking, no way I'm doing a superhero movie. Are you kidding me? I'm Joaquin Phoenix. And I think I'd even read something where he was like, no, dog, I'm not going to do the Joker. And he just... And I think at some point he just bit his teeth into it and went for it. You know, God, that's so cool. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, it, it's a gift you have. I, I was saving it. And Linda and I went to California. And it just turned out that the days were right. So on a Sunday afternoon, I went. That's the time to do it. Uh, Sunday afternoon, middle of the day. Uh, I, and I got to tell you, it's long. It's two plus. Um, I didn't notice that at all. It's the same with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is just under three Jeez. hours. Um, and I'm a Quentin fan. I haven't loved everything he did. Of course, Inglorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and then Hateful Eight, I didn't like. It, um, what was the one with Jamie Foxx? Um, oh, uh, uh, it, do, oh, it yeah. doesn't matter. I didn't care for that one, but this one did it. And I didn't notice the three hours. That's another one of the best films of the year that you probably have. I haven't seen have. that. No, I got to so, check it out. So, so very good. All right. So speaking of Elvis, you did that. Did playing him in that movie do much for you as a performer? Uh, well, it did a lot for me career-wise, and it did a lot for me, yeah, as a performer, but more as a fan. Look, the deal is, like, I was a huge Elvis fan since the time I was a kid. That was it for me. I went to Graceland when I was, like, five or six, and I just, well, you know, you're into him. I don't know why we get into Elvis when we do, but I just was so taken by him. I was him for Halloween probably like seven times as a kid. <laughs> you know, all my first songs on guitar were Elvis songs. And that's just all my talent shows I did in school were Elvis talent shows. So when they were doing the movie Walk the Line, they were looking for musicians to be in the background of that movie to play Johnny Cash's background band. Mm. So I got a call to come in and be a musician. Now this time I've been in a couple high school plays, but I've never been in anything professional. <laughs> so I'm not, and I'm not even trying well, to- Wait! I was at a high school play. Yeah. Did you guys know I played Danny in Greece, ninth grade? <laughs> I don't know if my agent went ahead and phoned ahead and told you guys that. But I was, uh, so I went in and I just was in to be a musician. I wasn't trying to be a professional actor. You know, I wouldn't think that. They said, everyone come in and play Johnny Cash song. I played Long Black Veil or something. And as I'm playing, they were looking at me and they were like, hey, do you know any Elvis songs? Now, I hadn't read the script or anything. I'm just here as an open call to be a musician, wow. be an extra. So I was like, dude, I know thousand Elvis songs what you know so I started playing that's all right mama any Elvis song I could think of they said oh can you play another one can you play another one? and they're like all right well thanks for coming in and then my agent says they're like hey they want to have you come back and read some lines as Elvis and I'm wow. like what so I go in read a scene at this point the only acting class I'd ever taken was one you hooked me up with I think uh I can't remember his name but the guy you went to um 
James Franco, I think, was there. He was in that class too. Yeah. But, um, and you know, I, I went read some lines, didn't know how to prepare for it. it. Was just you know whatever. And they were like, dude, that's you know great. Can you play another Elvis song? So I did. Then my agent calls me. They're like, this is crazy. They want you to play Elvis in this movie. Wow. And I said, that is so cool. Absolutely not. Tell them thank you, but I just won't do it. And they were like, why? I was like, I, I thought you were a huge Elvis fan. I was like, I'm such a big Elvis fan that I can't do this. You know, I'm not an actor. Wow. I'm not going to mess this up. Wow. Have some other actor do it, do him justice, but I'm doing a music thing and you can't have somebody half-ass Elvis. Just don't do it. So they went back to them. They said, no. Have I ever told you this story? No. Dude, this is crazy. That's this idiocy. So I said, no. And they went back. They said, are you sure it's a no? And they called me back. I said, it's a, it's a no. I'm so sorry. I just wow. can't do this. So then I'm in a bar and I'm 19. I, I was at the bar, this lobby, the lobby bar in LA at this hotel. And, and I'm with my friend and we see Joaquin Phoenix across the bar. And I, uh, you know, I had a young man's buzz on and some kind of cockiness. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go over and say hi to him. And I went over and I was like, dude, Joaquin, um, I'm a nobody. I've been on Mark and Brian. That's the only thing I've ever done in my life. I'm signed to Warner, but I've had no record come out yet. I've just tried out to be an extra in a movie. I'm like, Joaquin, what up? It's Tyler, you know. But I say, hey man, I just want to tell you, I um, just tried out for Walk the Line. It seems like it's going to be a great movie and good luck and everything. And he looks at me and he goes, you're Tyler Hilton. And I'm wow, nobody at this point, right? I was like, yeah. I, my stomach just dropped. I was like, yeah, how do you know? He's like, dude. I've watched your audition tape so many times. You have to do this movie. Wow. And I'm like, oh, but you know what? Here's the thing, man. I'm I'm a musician. I'm not an actor. And I think they thought I was an actor. I've, I've never done anything like that. And he literally was such a moment of clarity because he wasn't like this the rest of the movie. He was like, dude, let me tell you something. I've never sang before. I've been taking vocal lessons, guitar lessons. Reese has never sang before in her life. She's wow. doing the same. Everyone they're casting as musicians in this movie are all musicians. They've never acted. Everyone is going to be out of place on this film. I'm telling you, please do this. He's like, wow. I'll stand on an apple box. I'll do whatever if you do it. I'll make, because I was really tall and he's not as tall as me. He's like, you know, I'll do whatever if you do this movie. And I'm thinking, what? So I go back and my friends are like, what'd he say? What'd he say? And I'm like, you guys will never believe it. <laughs> so I called my agent that night, late at night. And I was like, wow. uh, when you get this message tomorrow, Call me back because I want to do Walk the Line. If that's still available, I want to do it. And they called me back and they said, okay, we told the producers, we'll see if they're still into having you. And they were. And I wow. did the movie because I Good. ran into him that night. How right. crazy is that? Now, Tyler, I don't know if you've told that story. And that story. thing went platinum. The, the, the album went platinum. I had a bunch of songs on it. The movie won Academy Awards, Golden Globes for Best Ensemble. Started my career. I mean, just talk about serendipity well tyler I, I realize that you're a walking idiot but that is a great story <laughs> that you need to repeat many and before we lose momentum do 45 you know seconds of any elvis it doesn't matter this is what i sang in my audition well that's uh, uh That's all right with you. That's all right, Mama. We just any way you do it. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right now, Mama. Any way you do. When I'm leaving town, baby, I'm leaving town for sure. Dead thing, you won't be bothered with me hanging round your door, but that's alright. That's alright. That's alright now, mama. Any way you do. Oh, now I'm going here. Well, 
told me Papa don't told me too Son, that guy you fooling with She ain't no good for you But that's alright That's alright Well, that's alright now, Mama Anyway, you Well, that's alright now, Mama Anyway, you <laughs> Something like that, baby all right, I got a gift. Uh, I did a, a, a podcast called Cool Stories in Music where I would take the topic, the album, the artist, and I would give you the music that you knew but take you behind the scenes and tell you the story that you didn't know. Cool. And so I took a look at the album that I, as far as Elvis Presley is concerned, it is the greatest album I ever heard. It was the first album after the 68 comeback special where he wore the black leather and really reintroduced him. And, uh, and he did it in Memphis. The album is called Elvis Back in Memphis. And it's where Suspicious Minds came oh, from in the ghetto. Era. Okay. So as opposed to now, back in the day, they would record, this is crazy, but they would record songs with the entire band in the room. And, you know, these days when you record a song, you've already rehearsed it many, many times, but it's Elvis and he's hot again, and they only had him for a week to get this album done. And they had just handed him, this is behind the scenes foot, they had just handed him and the musicians the song, the charts, wow. and the lyrics. And so Elvis and the, this is footage, raw studio footage of Elvis and the band finding the song while the tape is rolling. Wow. Okay, so it, Mike, are you ready? That's cool, yeah. All right, this is a gift, and I use this in this podcast. So here it is, Elvis and the band discovering Suspicious Minds. Oh, yeah. So if an old friend I know Stops by to say hello would I still Yeah, right, right. Stop by to say hello. Would I still see suspicion in your eyes? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
I mean, it, it wasn't until, you know, everybody's got their thing, but I, I've heard it so many times. It wasn't until the drummer yeah. came into the fold that he found it. Yeah. And to hear that raw footage of him and the band find it yeah. and then do it. That is amazing. That That's my favorite era of Elvis, too. I was just thinking as I was hearing him, like he had the vibe and the good looks early on, but he wouldn't have stayed around if he didn't have such an incredible voice. He grew into such an incredible Singer, yes. I mean, hearing that tape of me when I'm 17, it's amazing how much your voice changes, even you're talking. Oh, yeah. He had an incredible voice. It's also funny, that 68 comeback special, he was 33. Yeah. And as a kid, I always thought, man, he was old. Now I'm 35, and I'm like, <laughs> dang. I guess I missed my comeback special. That's <laughs> crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, he sounds good. Well, man. so, uh, oh, by the way, uh, before we leave Elvis, so you, I, I heard you, uh, I was sitting, why do I remember where I was? I was sitting in the car, my wife was at the farmer's market and I'm sitting there listening to Elvis radio and you were on. Yeah. And I texted you real quick. Yeah. And you were on Elvis radio and you mentioned you got a private tour. Yeah. Of Graceland at night. Nobody yeah. else there. Yeah. How cool was that? Dude, well, cool because he's nocturnal, so you don't get to see Graceland the way Elvis got to see. Wow, it, you know, and I when we were on the so there's this actress named Jane Seymour. She her husband produced Walk the Line, and she knows Priscilla real well. So she had asked Joaquin and Reese and I one day. She was like, "Would you guys want to do a private tour of Graceland?" <laughs> they're kind of indifferent because they're like, "I was like, yes, we're all you're going, we're all going, <laughs> they, yes, yes, they all want to go." Because I knew I wasn't gonna get a tour unless they went. Reese didn't end up going, but all the boys did. We were kind of inseparable. So it was Joaquin, me, Waylon Payne, Shooter wow. Jennings, wow. all the people that kind of played the musicians. We went there at night and I brought my guitar. I, I don't know why. No one, you know, and we kind of were touring around and Waylon Payne, um, he's actually got a new record coming out. He was probably my favorite musician in the movie. He played Jerry Lee Lewis, but he and I got real close. We sang a lot together. And as they kind of wandered off into the trophy room, he and I found ourselves around the grave and I had my guitar. And we started singing Amazing Grace together. This is a crazy moment. And we're wow. sitting at the grave singing Amazing Grace. Wow. And Joaquin and the boys leave the trophy room. They find us and they all start chiming in with us. And we're just singing Amazing Grace. Wow. In the moonlight at the grave in the middle of the night at Graceland. It was just too much. Good man. Lord. Too much. That's crazy good. Really cool. Holy shit. No, I mean, as a fan moment for this movie. And it was just you guys and the grave. That's it. That's it. You know, I asked if we could go upstairs. They said no. But, you know, just still, we're we're just in this beautiful kind of situation. And there was one other moment from that movie that as an Elvis fan, you may appreciate. But I had this great backing band in the movie, and they were real musicians. And so in between takes, when we were filming the takes, when I'm kind of singing live, you know, we're playing. There's this one scene where Johnny Cash is watching us on stage and he's like marveling at Elvis. And I'm up there and all the fans are going crazy. So in real life, we're in this real theater or this real gymnasium and it's a sea full of good looking girls in poodle skirts, extras, all made up. 
the lights are hot and real. My band is really plugged in. I'm really singing these songs. And in between takes, we just keep singing. And the kids are all just amped up and they're screaming for real. And I'm sitting there like, I'm Elvis. I'm Elvis. This is happening. This is real. My pants are shaking. My legs are moving. I got a scarf on. These girls are reaching for me. And they're, I was just like, I looked around. I thought, this is as real as it gets. Like all those Halloweens, I was like, trick or treat. You know, yeah. in it Elvis. It's happening. You well, know? see, Tyler, wow. what, you, what you didn't realize is that that right there was method acting. Yeah. You stayed in character. You kept work. Forget the girls that are gorgeous and makeup and the the skirts. You were method acting right there, my friend. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, I realized when I was doing that too, is when I played Elvis and I was like, I don't want to do this Elvis impersonator kind of vibe. If I'm going to do Elvis in this moment, there he's 19, he's yeah. my age. Yeah. He's a 19 year old Southern kid. That's yeah. it. He's not the king of shit. You mm. know, mm. he's a 19 year old Southern boy. And I was a 19 year old kid. And I'm sitting there so excited that these girls are into me. And that's all he was. He was just somebody with raging hormones stoked to sing for girls. And that's it. I just love that. You just take Elvis, what he became, and just boil it down to this simple little kid with raging hormones and a guitar, and it just makes so much sense. You get the excitement and the energy and the jitteriness. I yeah, love that. Great. And, you know, uh, when Bush, uh, George W., was president, uh, the leader of China came to the U.S., and uh, President Bush asked him, you know, is there anything you want to do while you're here? And he goes, I want to see Graceland. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. And so, Graceland, just like you, after hours, it's the president of the United States and the leader of China, and they're getting a tour of Elvis's house. And so, the the president and the leader of China asked if they could please see Elvis's bedroom, and they were told no. Yeah. <laughs> now. Here's a little gift for all of you. You can see it. It does exist. Do you remember a movie? Well, first of all, it was a book that Priscilla wrote, Elvis and Me. Yeah. They made the movie, Elvis and Me. It was a three-part miniseries. They shot in Elvis's actual bedroom in Graceland. I'm gonna go find that immediately. It's hard to find. I'm guessing Graceland doesn't want it to be known that it's kind of around. That is Elvis's bedroom that they filmed in. Did you hear when I was in that Elvis radio, the other girl that was on was like the head of archives or something. And she um, said that she goes up there once a year to do some cleaning or dusting or something. And she kind of described it to me. But she said that there's still a styrofoam cup sitting on the shelf with dried coffee in it. They've wow. literally not moved it or anything else in there. Wow. She said Priscilla won't let anything get touched. Well, I do believe the day will come that people can go in, but what they're going to have to figure out, the stairs can't handle the level of traffic that would go up and down. Right. So until they figure out yeah. an outside stair situation, where you can go in, but then they have to deface the house. It may never, but I mean, that's his bedroom and also that's the bathroom, which by the way, Elvis's last words were, have you heard this? No. 
Elvis's last. Mike, you with me? I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> I'm over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all leaning in. This like, is great. No, I, I love this. This is awesome. <laughs> Come into the campfire, Mike. He's telling a story. <laughs> somebody grab somebody grab some marshmallows. <laughs> We're all like, <laughs> oh, the suspense is killing me. Come on. Elvis's last words were, "I won't." He was on his fourth packet of right. the thing. Ginger was in bed. Yeah. Elvis had been reading and he was walking from his reading chair heading toward the bathroom. And Ginger said, Don't fall asleep in there. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, she was the last person to see him alive and the one that found him. I, she just put out that book last year. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't believe that. Well, when I didn't know this, but when you look at Graceland, they just told me the top floor, I think when you look to the left, it's kind of his whole closet. He had a closet that was a bedroom. The middle windows are the bathroom, and then the right ones are his bedroom. I didn't realize that. The middle windows are the second floor of Graceland facing yes. out yes. his bathroom. Wow. Now, if I gave you a book, would you read it? Absolutely. Now, have you read um, Last Train to Memphis, The Rise of Elvis Presley? That's what I based my Walk the Line thing on, is that book. That right. book floored me. And that's what made me want to make him a young kid and not a king of rock and roll. That book was great. I didn't read the second one, though. And that's the one I wanted to give you, and I don't fucking see it. Dude, <laughs> it would be such great timing if I could read the second book now. If only I had it. Linda! <laughs> yeah, she's reading it. I'm in a Christmas movie, and we need an Elvis book. All right. All right. So Wait, the, can I just say, tell him what uh, you're grandfather's last words were as he's dying he just told me oh, yeah. his grandfather told his dad don't, don't trust the banks and he died, and he died. <laughs> his dad was sitting there like what yeah all right wait all right don't dude. trust the bank okay oh, dude so mike great, yeah. okay then i'm going to that was your grandfather uh, yes sir okay <laughs> I, listen i'm going okay now tyler and i had lunch and we talked a lot about uh, marriage and life and community, all this shit. Yep. And so I, one of the things I talked to Tyler about is how I wanted to teach my kids whatever it is I have to teach. And so Matthew, my son, had amassed a couple of hundred dollars through, I don't remember. So I wanted to teach him, you put your money in the bank and it earns interest. Right. So Matthew and I drove down to the bank. Matt sat, he signed the paperwork. We put the money in the bank. We checked on it the, the next year and his 200 had been eaten up because we hadn't, we didn't have the no. minimum. The banks fucked me <laughs> and Matthew screwed us out of our fucking money. Your grandfather was, was a, right. He was a good man. Jesus Christ. Don't, don't trust don't the bank. And then he dies. Good he Lord. All right. Parting wisdom. <laughs> now, before I show you both something at, at the end of this that you'll never forget, I want to I want to share a story. I want to get one more song, and I'm going to get you out of here. Cool. All right. So I've always enjoyed this story because it was a private, personal thing. We on the Mark and Brian program were going to have Lionel Richie live in the room to perform. I don't have to tell you how great it was to have this, this man who I love um, literally sitting where you are to me and he sang for two hours oh. and just did them all did everything now so so i'm a fan and i know he's coming in now my mother 
is originally from born and raised in Tuskegee, Alabama, which is where Lionel was born and raised. And so we, as a family, would go down to Tuskegee. It was a five-hour, six-hour car ride. We'd go down where my aunt lived, uh, my mother's sister. And I loved her, and she was great. So we would go to Tuskegee, a working farm, cows, pigs, horses, the whole thing. And we would get there, and the very first thing I would do when we arrived at my aunt's was walk the mile from my aunt's house to this restaurant slash gas thing to eat burgers. It was called the Torch Cafe. And it was one of the best hamburgers I ever had. And I would always sit in the corner booth in the back because that way I could see the trucks that were coming from the left and the right. And they were big, big, This the road it was on, big trucks. And I would enjoy my burger. And what, so Lionel is now on the show and he's from Tuskegee and I thought he would get a kick out of the story. And so I told him, this is off the air, this is in commercial break. I told him that story, that I would go to the Torch Cafe and sit in the back corner. And he stares at me and he doesn't speak. And then he says, are you fucking with me? That's what, no, what, what, what do you mean? And he goes, when I was in college and, and banging around with bands and, and doing stuff, going to college on Sundays, I would go to the Torch Cafe and sit in the back corner uh, booth, no. have my breakfast, read the paper, and I had my notepad, and I would write. So on that particular Sunday, I was kind of thinking, this is nice. And I don't have to go to school. I don't have a gig. I'm just enjoying this Sunday morning. I don't have anywhere to go. It's easy. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. And I wrote this. Oh. In that booth at the Torch Cafe oh. where you enjoyed a hamburger. The chills don't stop. They're... Wow. I wrote this song. I shit in my say, pants. Did you tear up? That, that, yeah, I can't yeah. believe that. It, it happened. I just got to hear the line. Seems to me, girl, you know I've done and you know it's not bullshit. That was from his mouth to my yep. ears. You see a big stone and a bottle. Yeah. Ooh, Here it goes. That's why I'm easy. Well, uh, wow, yeah, dude. yeah. I, I had I, and of I all had, the burger places in this entire world, crazy in the entire state of Alabama. I just thought that he maybe had heard of the torch since he was from Tuskegee, and then I got that. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Have you been back there? Have you ever have you been down there again? Is it still? I was near, my father had passed away. I I went down to that area to spread his ashes on the farm he was raised on. And my cousin said, "Do you want to drive over there? It's literally three miles." And I was tired and I wanted to go to bed. And I said no. I should have. And I didn't. Is it still around? 
I don't know. I, ha I got to look it up. I. You I go back. You should tell someone there that they they should know that that little place that'd be amazing. <laughs> they should frame a picture of Lionel Richie, put it in that booth, and that is amazing. <laughs> the uh, the new record is City on Fire. Do something. Do anything. You don't have to do it from the new record. You just do anything you want. You know why? Because you are Tyler fucking Hilton, wow. and you are Mike. <laughs> Don't trust the banks. <laughs> Don't trust the banks. <laughs> Which one are you gonna do, Ted? He uh, doesn't know. Let him work it out. He's figuring it. He's I'm gonna write a song real quick. He's thinking over there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the booth for you. Can I just let me see if it's too? Boy, if it were still there, I mean, people would flock to just write a song in that booth. Well, right, here's another cool story. Uh, let's do a way that she loves, and uh, I'm doing it. Yeah, that there? Okay, cool. So uh, when I was living in Nashville, I had some roommates, and um, they were these great dudes. Kind of dorky, but cool. Great songwriters, and um, we wrote a bunch of songs together, and they had dreams of being a songwriter, and I was kind of signed on Warner, so I was doing it. Um, we wrote a bunch of tunes, and I had them open for me a few times, and then at some point, they are like, we're going to start a band. We met this girl on MySpace, and we're going to start a band with her. We're going to call it Lady Annabellum. And I was like, well, that's a dumb name, but uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys will end up doing something. They started opening for me as Lady Annabellum, and wow. then my label signed them, and wow. they started winning Grammys. <laughs> Grammy, 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 Grammy. It's like, where's my rent money? They're driving around these G-Wagons all of a sudden. I'm like, yo. I have an RV. I got an RV, and you guys are driving a G-Wagon? the hell? But uh, we, uh, we still hang out all the time. And they, uh, uh, after they got off the road last year, Charles, the lead singer, was um, telling me, he's like, dude, I miss, you know, it happened quick for them, really fast, and they were just in a, caught up in a, kind of same thing with Gloriana, they were just caught up in the tornado of fame, and he came down last year, and he was like, dude, I would love to just get back in the studio with you like we used to, and he was always a fan of my voice, and he was like, I'd love to produce you and um, bring you down to Nashville. So I was like, great, let's do it. So we got together and we did some of the stuff on this new record. Oh, cool. And this is one that um, he produced and he sang on on this new record. It's called Way That She Loves. I'll do it for you. to tell a joke and get the punchline wrong forget all the words to her own favorite song and when she walks in the room she'll set it alight and she'll always be on your side that's just the way that she loves She'll take you higher than high Boy, you should try Just know you won't ever get enough That's just the way that she loves Whoa. She's gonna cry Before the credits start rolling 
she's gonna give you her heart Oh, it's gonna feel like you stole it Yeah, to have a hair pulled back And your t-shirt on Won't need to paint a picture, darling Cause after she's gone Yeah, you still remember You're gonna be thinking about her every minute all night long That's just the way that she loves That's just the way that she moves you She'll take you higher than high Boy, you should try Just know you won't ever get enough She's gonna set you on fire chance to sample some of the record uh then of course the performance the live stuff you've done i really like the tone of what this music is i just really feel like as a musician as an artist you're really you're happy with what you're doing yeah it has a point yeah and you're not doing the pop thing that warner brothers wants and i watch you you're tired and you've got a meet and greet and you got a show tonight and you go to a different place, and I think it's fantastic. I'm happy for you, and I'm proud of you, but I always have been. Thank you, man. It's so good to see you. I can't tell you. It's come really full circle to play these songs for you, and it's been, I guess, almost 20 years, but it's crazy. Well, Mike, I can't tell you how mediocre it was to meet you. <laughs> 
Hey, if you've learned anything from me sitting over here today, it's this. Don't trust the banks, kids. <laughs> and I, I backed it up. <laughs> All right, so uh, there are many good things for Tyler, many good things for, for, for Mike. I don't know what they would be, but... I but haven't I'm figured sure, them out either. I'm sure. Full disclosure. So the new record is City on Fire. And of course, I'll say what everybody always says in the entertainment business. Let's keep in touch. Let's Please. make sure that we talk. Uh, but yeah, you're in a great place. Everything seems to be going well. You're happy. What have I always said when you're cho- you kids? When you're choosing what you're going to do for a living, make sure you pick something you absolutely love. And two, work your ass off. But because you love it, it's not work. Boom! Do what Tyler has done and do it for love. Yep. Can't tell you how much it meant to see you and how much I cheer for you from afar. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you guys, if you want to check out our Christmas wish, Thanksgiving Day on Lifetime, Linda will probably be watching it. <laughs> She'll find a way to watch it before Thanksgiving. <laughs>